signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. That's amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Hard-running. Exciting. Thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. Go crazy, folks. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vane, the boogie woogie man. Hey, guys, I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the tune-in app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. here on a first day of February. Hope you're well, wherever you might be. It's the Hump Day Wednesday edition of the program. I'll be hitting the road directly after the show to head to Clinton, South Carolina tonight. Your Bradford University Highlanders look to win their eighth straight game as they take on Presbyterian. Never easy down in Clinton, South Carolina. Oh, my goodness. Keon Brown joins us at 635. We'll talk about some hoops, including Radford and their recent surge. And then the Hall of Fame third hour with Bill Roth, the Roth Report, and David Teal. Lots to talk about with Mr. Teal, I'll tell you that. As always, the Baker Team hotline's open for you, 639-4900. The text line, 744-2990. Rick, capital R, at New River Radio. Ever seen the uh, the movie CBGB? Alan Rickman does a pretty good job in that movie, but kind of introduces how some of these bands throughout the '80s really got going: the punk movement, Blondie, and then at the very end, the last scene was. He's back. They have this controversy with the restaurant and the bar and all that, but he's still there, and they're looking up at the stage, and there's these three guys standing there. 
And they ask him, okay, so what are you guys? Oh, we're the police. <laughs> and then boom. Worldwide phenomena. All right, something that uh, not a phenomena, or maybe it is for Tech basketball fan. Major loss last night for Tech. I mean, 92 to 83. Last night was an opportunity. It was a golden nugget out there to be had, a golden brick to put in the back of the wagon, as Mike Jones used to say about road conference victories. Got to grab that gold brick, put it in there. Tech has none. Well, they still have none. 92 to 83. Neither defense was any good at all. Tech shot 57%, but Miami shot 58% in the game. Tech also had 14 turnovers, a little group of them there, beginning of the second half. Four players in double figures. Padula and Couture each went with 20 points, yet Tech still loses the game. And that's because Miami had also their guards playing very well. The Pack kid was 5 of 7 from 3. He was in the zone, as they say. Isaiah Wong, 18 points. Amir had 21. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen a Mike Young coach team play interior defense as poorly as they did throughout that game. Transition defense was bad. Now, Miami's a good offensive team, and Tech did a lot of good things offensively. But you know what? When you score 83 points on the road, that's a game you got to win. Tech now 3 and 8 in the ACC and they got um, they got a lot of work to do. <laughs> to say the least. And by the way, now you got Virginia on the horizon. But not the kind of performance that I know Tech fan had hoped to see. I kind of thought they would come out a little more intense on defense. They jumped out to a big lead, or at least a seven, eight-point lead You know, early. It looked like they were settling in, and then uh, you look up, they're down at halftime, and it was back and forth. Both offenses continued to score a lot, hit big shots. Tech ran good offense, but in the end, once again, they relied too much, I think, on their outside shooting. I think they kind of fall into that habit because they're so good at it. And Miami took advantage. Coach Young was uh, pretty upset after the game, or a little just kind of, flabbergasted. I have not heard these comments, so I just found it a little while ago. Here is Coach Young. I hope this thing plays. If not, I'll intercede. But uh, here's Mike Young with a few comments after the game last night from Coral Gables. It's like if you're not uh, playing with great poise and and great attention to detail, um, it's like every ball they throw in the air is going in, whether it be Wong, whether it be be Pack, Jordan, um, I'd like to I'd, I'd like to go back and research our 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 first six, and then it's this one in here tonight. We're up five at the under eight, I believe it was. Coach Larinaga called timeout at eight fifteen. Uh, we've had some great ones. Um, they uh, they were you know quite obviously uh, better down the stretch tonight than we were, uh, and and you know I tip my cap to. Um, to uh, Coach Larinaga and uh, his uh, his team, I have the utmost admiration for uh, how they play and and uh, their kids play the right way. So, Coach Young frustrated, and he was talking about the defense, and um, he was talking about 
just his honesty about that. I'm going to let this thing run. Again, here's a question coming, and we'll see what Coach has to say. Sounds like well, it's the start of both halves. Here we go. All right. We're not. Uh, and it was, you know, 33-32, and I said that very thing. If you think we're going to outscore them, you're dead wrong. That ain't happening. This thing's in the 90s. We talked about it all week in our lead-up to, uh, to, to if you think we're going to outscore them, um, very few teams can do that. Um, and... You know, I mean, we were we were good offensively. Had some, you know, shots go down. Couture was awesome, um, but um, you know, zero points for Pack in the first half. Seventeen in the second. Um, Isaiah had fourteen in the first half. I think two in the second. Six. Sixteen first half. Two in the second half. Um, you know, and I, that kid is. I mean, he's wonderful. Um, so, uh, I don't know that I answered your question. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of rambling. Say it, say it again. I'm sorry. Talking about the ups and downs of the season and so forth with yeah, this team. Yeah. You know, and this one tonight isn't fatal, uh, that the, uh, the clock is ticking, uh, for us, um, we've got a big one at home on Saturday against uh, Virginia. Um, you know, we've got nine more of these teeth gnashers. Um, we got to get on the stick here. I do have a good bunch. Um, we have, you know, been on a bit of a, a bumpy ride, but um, uh, I like, you know, I like our team a lot. Um, but we got to be. Uh, tougher, better than that on the uh, on the road. Well, and I know Coach is trying to keep a positive slant, but I'll have to disagree when he says this wasn't lethal. This now runs your road mark to 0-7. 0-7. There's no way that if you're on any kind of bubble at the end of the year, if you don't have a better mark than that on the road, something on the road, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. Virginia coming in, early start on Saturday. It'll be a different type of game than the one we just watched. And then you have a very winnable game with BC. And then you have two road games after that, and you got to get them both. I mean, there's two games Tech's going to be favored in both when they go to Notre Dame. They've cashed it in, especially since uh, Mike Bray announced his retirement. Georgia Tech is just flat out bad at one and ten in the league. Notre Dame's two and nine. You've got a couple of chances, but will those road wins create any kind of ripple with anybody who's making decisions at the end of the year? Likely not, because they're going to be expected to win. There are chances after that, right? Miami comes to Tech, Pitt comes to Tech, they have to go to Duke, but they're running out of time. UVA win would be um very, very important to this team, to say the least. Very important. And I know that's what Coach Young was kind of referencing when he said he didn't think that tonight's game, when he was mentioning it last night, was lethal. But um, defense has to be much better. UVA's not an offensive juggernaut, but we know now what they do defensively. We know the kind of havoc that they cause. 
a lot going on with this program, and I really thought they had a great chance, and they did, to be honest. I thought they were going to walk out of there with a dub last night. thought maybe they were going to head into February, and that would have been a nice way to say that they turned the corner with three straight wins, right? But it didn't happen. And I'll tell you what, you watch that presser, Coach Young looked pretty worn out, and I think he's probably – he wears – it seems like that when – the defense doesn't step up and play well. That's when Coach Young seems to be a little little more drawn out after the game. Credit Miami. I mean, you shoot 58, almost 59%. I mean, you're making shots, and they did. The Pack kid was making threes that Larry Bird would have said, all right, all right, good stuff, <laughs> you know. He had a heat check where he hit three in a row, and they seemed like they got deeper every time. But when you get 20 apiece from Couture and Padula, and like I said, you score 83 points on the road. And you heard Coach Young. I mean, he he was looking at it the same way I did. He said, look, <laughs> you think you're going to outscore them? You got to start playing defense. You got to start shutting them down. You're not. And he was right. And as the game kept getting higher and higher, I mean, both teams are in the 40s at halftime. I remember sitting there. I said, eh, that's not good. That's not their, That's not what they want to do. But also, as Coach Young just said, they had a five-point lead at the under eight, and they had the ball, so they were in control. But out of that timeout, uh, Jim Laranega called a timeout. All of a sudden, you look up, Miami tied it up. Then they took the lead, and then it was um, nervous time in Tech. Um, once again, the final couple minutes, couldn't catch up, and they fall. They drop a big one on the road, and – I don't know. Maybe it's hyperbole, but I'm looking over that schedule again. If Tech doesn't get it done against UV on Saturday, I mean, that might be their last chance. I mean, I don't think they're going to win at Duke. They could. That series seems to be that Tech wins every game at Castle, and Duke usually beats them down there. But as Vince Gill saying many years ago, give me just one more last chance. That's what Virginia Tech basketball is hoping this Saturday, and that may be it for them. I mean, any conversation, if they lose Saturday and have 10 losses and go to 3-9 and and you had two chances to get quad one victories against top 25 teams like Miami and Virginia, you come up short, I think that any other conversation regarding Tech might be, well, let's see what they can do to get this thing built back up to maybe make another run in the ACC tournament. Because I have a feeling if you lose on Saturday, that might be what it's going to boil down to. All right, we're just getting started for another day. A lot going on in the world of the National Football League, college hoops. Glad to have you with us. Stay with us here on the Hump Day Wednesday edition. Hi, this is Gail Sayers, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Getting your day started correctly with the finest sports talk known to all mankind. Pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Big Dog Sports Talk returns next on WRAD. Yeah. 
minutes past the hour. Hope you're well wherever you might be. Here on a Wednesday, be making the almost uh, four-hour trek to Clinton, South Carolina. Never mind driving south, though, you know? This is for you, uh, legal counsel Richie Davis. I mentioned... Cuatro! One more last chance. Yeah. This should be playing in Virginia Tech's practices over the next two days. They get ready for Virginia on Saturday. That was Vince playing golf at the beginning. I think people forget what a wonderful artist Vince Gill really is. What do you do? He married Amy Grant, right? Nothing wrong with that. See, this is Tech's last chance on Saturday, and they have an impressive quad one. Hey, let's keep them on the bubble, or let's keep them on the outside of the bubble. See what happens. This is just a damn good song, isn't it? Remember when country music used to actually be like, you know, listenable? Sorry, I'm getting caught up watching the video. <laughs> that makes for great radio. I'm sitting here watching the video for one more last chance. Good stuff. We're just good old boys making some noise. I ain't running around on you. I like that. That should be the explanation that every dude records. When you get home on a Saturday night, your wife and or better half just sitting up, kind of waiting on you. Yep. A little cold to you. Look, honey. We're just good old boys. We're just making noise. I ain't running around on you. I'm not running around on you. I'm just out there basically getting wasted with my guys. That's all. <laughs> That's it. And who doesn't need that from time to time? <laughs> uh, Radford goes for win number eight in a row tonight. 6.30 the pregame, 7 o'clock. If I can make it down, God willing, to Clinton, South Carolina in one piece. Presbyterian, never an easy mark. They're struggling right now. But in that gym, it's a small gym, I'm telling you. I can't remember. It's been a long, long time. Maybe I have to look at the dates and go back and, and sub-check, but I can't remember having to make this trip on a Wednesday before. It's usually a weekend. Usually it's a Friday into the Saturday afternoon game. So tomorrow... I'm going to be asking for many guest hosts to come in because I'll be getting in about 1.30, 2 o'clock tonight. Then I'll have to be up. Maybe I get two hours of sleep before we start the Thursday show. So if you want to come by the station tomorrow and you want to just kind of do a show, <laughs> I might need the assistance. Or if Radford gets the dub, I'd be so amped up, you know, you keep that momentum going into uh, Winthrop on Saturday. But uh, one at a time. One at a time. It's February, for goodness sakes. The prelude to March Madness. And this is when you kind of 
cement your personality one way or the other if you're a college basketball team. We're going to talk more about this with our own basketball resident guru, a man wise beyond human ears. Keon Brown joins us. Everybody, this is Craig Hodges. You listen to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Holla at your boy. Peace. 25 minutes for the top of the hour. Hope you're okay wherever you might be here on this Wednesday. Coming up in the third hour, it's going to be uh, Bill Roth, David Teal. Looking forward to that. Joining us now on the program. the nation's capital, our basketball correspondent, former Radford University Highlander, man who watches every game played every night in the country, Keon Brown. KB, good morning. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Rick Watson, I'm doing good, man. I did not watch every game in the country yesterday <laughs> for the first time, but I did watch LeBron. I had to watch him pass, you know, Mark Jackson, Steve Nash to be fourth all-time in assists. He's just breaking records left and right in year 20. It's amazing to watch. Well, and he got completely uh, – I mean, I'm glad the NBA apologized, but uh, I got home from our uh, trip on Saturday from our game at Upstate. Yeah. Turned on that Lakers game, and, you know, I got there toward the end of it, and I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> the officiating in that league is as bad as it is in college basketball because LeBron got absolutely just clobbered in that last play, but they ignored it. And then they said, oh, we're so sorry. Well, it doesn't do much good to issue an apology, but at least they owned up to it, unlike the NFL and that – Whatever it was we watched this weekend. Yeah, man, it's the the officiating in the NBA is, is at an all time low right now, and I think you can see the obviously see how what's the word I'm looking for the way he reacted to it. It was just like <laughs> he was like, I know this did not happen again. It was the fourth missed call in like the last two weeks for the Lakers, and he just lost it. And you know, you can just tell he still wants to win, and that's what drives LeBron. That's what drives Tom Brady. That's what separates those guys from the others it's just like they just want to win no matter how long they've been playing that's what still drives them and I think when that starts to wind down for them that's when they'll get closer to the end but for both of them they're so competitive it doesn't seem like it'll end anytime soon all right well let's get into some college hoops and uh let's go directly to last night before we get into uh the Radford revelation um Mike Young said after it wasn't a lethal blow. I'm going to disagree, Key. I thought that was an opportunity last night they needed to capitalize on. Defense was awful. I mean, they scored at will. Miami scored at will. And Tech is 0-7 on the road. And that's just not going to do anything to help them in any way, shape, or form if they want to try to make a run here in February. Yeah, it's going to be tough for those guys. And like we talked about a week ago, I think this team this year just doesn't have that it factor. I mean, last year, you hate to keep harping on it, but you could just tell with that team, it was something about them that they can calm themselves out of the deficit and, you know, bring themselves back in to win the ACC championship, which they did, and which I never jumped off. You could just tell. But this year is just something different about this team. And now you just have to pretty much win out to be, you know, back locked into that tournament. You, you just pretty much have to. And then you got UVA coming up, which won't be easy. I think they'll unfortunately lose that game. Uh, Boston College, uh, I think those guys could win that game, but that'll be a tough one as well. 
know, Clemson just lost to those guys. Notre Dame at Notre Dame will be tough. You know, Mike Bray won't be the coach there at the end of the season, so those guys have something to play for. Uh, you still have another matchup at Miami, which is obviously they're playing unbelievable basketball. Isaiah Long is playing out of his mind. Then you're at Duke. Obviously, you just beat those guys uh, not too long ago, which you, know, you just have to win out a few of those guys. And then you have to make somewhat of a run in the tournament because the wins on your resume aren't the greatest. You know, the win versus North Carolina and Duke are great. Um but Dayton, that win doesn't do anything for you as you thought it would at the time when we thought they'd just be a shoe-in in the Atlantic 10. Uh, it, they have a, a, a lot to do if they want to make it to go dancing again, and they have to start winning games soon because winning two out of your last 10 won't get it done. But if you can win, you know, about what eight out of your last 10, that'll, yeah. that'll Mm-hmm. Flip it around for them, but it'll be tough for these guys. It really will be. Well, and you said that. I asked you directly last week if you thought Tech could make the same kind of run, and you said, no, I don't think the personality is the same, and uh, it showed up last night. You were right. Yeah, I mean, Jim Laranaga and what Miami is doing, they're the, one of the best teams in the ACC right now. Like I said, Isaiah Wong, he could be the guy who wins ACC Player of the Year. And it's just unfortunate that they can't string, you know, a nice run together especially after losing, what, eight in a row at one point. It's just tough, man. It really is. And we're in the second half of the conference play. So there's not much time left. And as you said, it's the first day of February. This is when you want to be playing your best basketball. And that is what Tech is not doing right now. And if you don't have the best February probably of the program's history, it'll be a long road for you. It'll be tough. I don't see these guys climbing out of it, unfortunately, unless a miracle happens in the ACC tournament. Keon Brown joining us on the program. He's our basketball correspondent. As We're breaking it down now in February. Difficult games coming up for a lot of folks in the conferences. This is when it heats up, right, though, Key? Before we get into conference tournaments, I mean, you can kind of tell, and you played in February, even though the momentum goes up from non-conference to conference play, once you get into February conference play, it kind of gets jacked up a little bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And you can tell practices uh, get shorter but tougher. Um, Coaches, the anxiety grow just – their anxiety gets through the roof. And then when you think of a league like the Big South, it's like you have to win the tournament to go dancing. So all of your wins are important to get the best seeds possible heading into your conference play. So, like, for our Highlanders coming up, these guys have to finish strong. They're off to an obviously – an excellent you know, start to the season. They are just white hot right now, just one game behind UNC Asheville. Obviously, tonight at Presbyterian won't be easy. That's one of the toughest places to play in the Big South. I don't care if they're the last team in the league. I don't care if they're one and nine. Teams are barely surviving playing at Presbyterian. And this is what I call a good old-fashioned trap game. And if Rapper is not ready to play, an upset will happen in the Big South tonight. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. And these are the kind of games that you just hope that the kids don't pay any attention to records and they understand that it's a road game. I think – and that's where – and you know this, but Darius Nichols, I mean, you've had enough conversations with him. I tell you what, he's a younger coach and he – I'm not even going to talk about the basketball part of this, but what he has already kind of uh, learned as he's been a head coach, and you know this and how important it is, the psychological 
advantages of a team. He he knows what buttons to push, right? I mean, he he does such a good job of that. And I know as a player, when you're a younger player, like many of these Radford players are, you need that. And he's already kind of – it seems like he's conquered the psychological part of it. That's a huge part of being a successful college basketball coach. Absolutely. And he's a guy who, you know, when we made the signing – we just were so blessed and lucky to have him represent our program and to be the head coach because you knew he was destined for greatness. You just knew it. You just knew it. I mean, I know he had other offers to go anywhere, but for him to choose Rafford to start his head coaching career was just huge for the program. You can see how quick the turnaround was. In year two, he is a guy who is one of the favorites to win the league. In year two, it doesn't happen like that all the time. And the thing I love about him, one of my favorite things about him, he's so open and he doesn't act like he knows everything. It's a, he's a basketball savant. He's a sponge. He wants to get to know you. He wants to hear your opinion on things. It, he, he's a great guy. I mean, and it, all of the success that he's having, uh, it comes by him being a great guy because I believe in the universe and karma, and he's a guy who has good karma right now. The team is playing, like I said, they're white hot. They're in contention to win the league. And, you know, we're in February and winded down. And they're a team that nobody wants to play heading in the Big South Tournament. And our guys are in a great position right now, and they're led by that staff and Coach Nichols specifically. Well, I think you're right, and uh, he, he's a fun conversation to have, too. Even when you don't see eye-to-eye, you know, it's never something you take personally, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's just always a fun conversation with him uh, to talk, talk hoops. And with Radford playing well, I mean – I want to ask you about the team you're covering, Longwood, the defending champs. Uh, they had a great yeah. game down at the Dedman Center. Radford took that game away in the final five minutes. Then they go out. They lose their next game. Talk about that a little bit because sometimes you can let a game beat you twice, right? And I'm kind of feeling, and you're going to know because you're going to be on the call, I believe um, coming up they return home this weekend. They got, they got at Winthrop tonight. Yeah. We'll see how they do tonight at Winthrop, but – how badly do you have to prevent not letting a team beat you twice, if you know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough. And then when you're like a team like Longwood, everyone in the league wants to beat you because they know you're the you know, the reigning champions. But as far as those guys and their struggles, obviously they're still a wonderful team. They really are. They're a yeah. team that play for each other. The program and the offense is ran so that everyone can have good looks, get open shots, and they just have to do a good job converting. But the one thing, and I said it on the air last week in their loss to Charleston Southern, the one thing that they don't have is a guy that you can hand the ball to at the end of the game and say, take us there. And they had that last year, and a guy named Justin Hill. Mm-hmm. He's now at uh, you know Georgia with our guy Cuz. He's there. And they just don't have that at all. And, you know, Deshaun Wade and Isaiah Wilkins are probably my two favorite players on the team, but they aren't guys who can just, you know, demand a bucket when they need to. They can't say, all right, Coach Aldridge, give me the ball. We'll run one for a low isolation, and I'll take us there. They just don't have that. And last year they also had a kid named Jordan Perkins, the point guard from in, the transfer from NC Central, who was just a floor general and just demanded everyone do their job. They just don't really have that this year, and you can kind of see that. Got teams are coming into their, you know, to Farmville, confident that they can win. They barely squeaked one out against Gardner Webb. Winthrop had an early lead. 
in that game. And obviously, they dug themselves in a hole that they couldn't climb themselves out of against Charleston Southern. So, have a lot to improve on uh, heading into conference play. And I know Coach Aldridge will get on their guys, and I think that we'll see a better version of Longwood moving forward. Kim Brown joining us on the program, our basketball correspondent. Your personalities change a lot, don't they, in February for your team. You can have an up week, then you have a bad week. The bottom line is it comes back to the whole psychological part. You can't let it, or at least you try. I can't say you can't let it because it's going to affect anybody a certain way, but that's what coaches have to coach against, right? I mean, you don't want them to feel too good about themselves, but at the same time, situation night with Radford, you have to make sure you have that same respect, right? I mean, February kind of brings that also, you get a little mentally tired, don't you? I mean, you guys have been playing basketball a long time once you get to February. You're practicing through the summer, October, then you get the games going. I mean, by the time you get to February, the mental fatigue kicks in. Yeah, man. You know, every 10 games of the basketball season – I'm sorry, every three games of the basketball season is 10%. And we are at the last eight games of the season for some of these teams, man. This is winding down. This time next week we'll be talking uh, – Got teams will be on their have only have six games left. It's re, it's amazing how quick it goes by. Like you said, they play a lot of basketball, and you know right now, like I said, in leagues like the Big South, winning is the priority right now. One of the top, if you're a top six seed in the league, you get a bye week, and that's pretty much what you want to play for. Obviously, you want to win the regular season title outright, so that you will have a chance to at least play the NIT come an upset in tournament time, but. You just have to close it out and win these last few games because it's just so vital. Seeding is so vital in leagues like the Big South, like the SOCON, like the CAA, these smaller leagues, because winning is so important and it's just it helps your program a lot. A lot when you can, you know, get to tournament play, win that tournament, and then have your team be representing the representation of your league in the big dance. It's huge, man. It really is. And, you know, that mental fatigue does set in. But you get riled back up when you get to the tournament. You can feel it in the air. You can feel the different atmosphere. And you know that one loss and it's over. It's not the NBA when it's a seven-game series. It is one and done for the rest of the way when you get to those conference tournament. They're the most important parts of the season. But you have to put yourself in position to be the best version of yourself possible and be the highest seed possible so that you can have the easiest road to potentially cutting down the nets in one of your conference tournaments. Absolutely. Well, we'll see how it goes tonight, and um, we look forward to catching up with you very soon. Radford's got a couple more national TV games coming up. and um, Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there, man. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, man, we're close. Presbyterian, Winthrop, Gardner-Webb. we got some tough games coming up. I know we're white hot right now, but these teams want to beat Rapid because they know how good we are. Then we got that matchup coming up soon in a few weeks against UNC Asheville. will be huge. Yes. ESPN used back in the Denver Center two more times. Great publicity for Rapid. We're, we're doing big things over there right now, Rick. Yeah, we are. We are. And uh, all of it's because of Coach Nichols. And you got a big February, too, yeah. coming up. you got a huge February coming up. Personally and college basketball. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll announce that soon. Yes. My lady's yes. about to pop. <laughs> uh, all right, brother. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your classroom today. And uh, we will talk uh, next week.
All right, brother. Appreciate you. Thank Safe you. travels to uh, President Trading. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. There you go. That's uh, Keon Brown. Great stuff from him, as always. And again, that, that mental part of it, man, I tell you, don't underestimate that, especially with younger people. And I know coaches battle that. I mean, I talk to Darius about it all the time. I mean, it is a constant day-by-day thing. You have to do a checkup, a health check on these guys, and just not just physically, but just how you doing. Let's just have a normal conversation let you know that uh, I want to know what's going on with you, not just because of what you do as a basketball player. And I think that's so, so important as you get later in the season. And the teams that conquer that are usually the ones that have a successful February. We're back to wrap up Hour 1 when we come back here on the Hump Day Edition. Stay with us. They're talking Hokies. What the heck are you even talking about? If it's local sports you seek, look no further. You found it. Don't you know talking about More BDST next on the WRAD Talk Network. Vision loss. February weather forecast, and all I hear is rain. Oh, it's almost like a, a revelation of just wonderfulness. Because when you hear rain, you know the temperatures are too warm for the other horrible stuff. We are now in the month of winter hater hell. And that would be me, winter hater. If we can navigate through February without too much damage, the whole outlook on life gets that much better. We're getting there. Close. February 1st tonight. I'll be on the road. Clinton, South Carolina. If you haven't been there, well, I wouldn't necessarily say, hey, let's make sure we stop by that little town on the way to wherever we're going. It's not a bad town. People are nice, but there's just not a lot to do. University is um, nice. It's a nice little campus. Outdated basketball facility. They have a pretty nice uh, football stadium, actually. Baseball stadium's pretty cool. They need to figure out what they're going to do in the long run with basketball. But um, it'll be one of those little cracker box Wednesday nights, and it's the kind of game that you better be ready to play on the road in the Big South. Or you come back with that long bus ride, middle of the night, very, very discouraged before you come back and host one of your big rivals on Saturday, Winthrop. So We'll see what happens tonight. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock will be the tip-off. Tonight here at WRAD, your home for Radford University basketball. WRAD. All right, coming up in hour number three, it's going to be Bill Roth and David Teal, the Hall of Famers. Hour two, we're going to talk about more hoops, some NFL stuff, and my beloved Broncos, I believe, made a very solid hire under the new ownership group 
I'm going to tie it into how horrible media has become the coverage of this, especially with me who's been following it very closely, is just, it's borderline ridiculous what goes on. And I hope people are smart enough not to be brainwashed and just fall into certain diatribes because this is a sterling example of what is wrong with the journalistic integrity factor today. Hour two straight ahead here on a Wednesday. Wednesday.